You're listening to RE Snapshots. Each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds, tackling herbicide resistance and bringing you the latest information with experts in the field. For the RE Snapshots podcast today, we're chatting with CSIRO research geneticist Greg Rabetsky. He appeared on our recent RE Insight on high vigour wheat. How are you going, Greg? I'm good, thank you. Yes, it's a really special time of the year with uh, footy finals and uh, also it's a great time to be out looking at uh, research experiments and, and looking at the progress on our wheat competitive wheat work. That's right, spring has definitely sprung and you're doing some really interesting work on developing higher vigour wheat. Can you tell us what are the benefits of this kind of wheat? Well, we have for quite some time been working on high vigour primarily because of our interest in drought tolerance and uh, vigour is a, a strategy used by a number of our winter cereals to reduce soil water loss through soil evaporation. So the vigour that we see in barley is linked to improved water productivity and uh, we're trying to move greater vigour into wheat to try and improve its adaptation and its uh, performance under drought through uh, yeah, reducing the water loss through soil evaporation. But of course with vigour comes other benefits um, yes. and in many parts of the Australian wheat belt where herbicide resistance is a problem we can use vigour to possibly help wheat become a little more competitive with some of its nasty competitive uh, neighbours such as annual ryegrass and uh, a number of other potentially problematic weeds for the Australian grains industry. Yeah, that's right. So you're producing this wheat competitive elite wheats with agronomic traits by crossing selected high vigour lines with favourable commercial varieties. Can you go into a little bit more detail about this pre-breeding program that you're conducting? Sure. So yes, so the focus has been on early vigour. We also have some other quite novel sources of improved wheat competitiveness coming through our program and we're not 100% certain how these other sources are contributing to improve wheat competitiveness. It may be that they may have similar competitiveness above ground, so maybe reduced vigour, but maybe that they're more competitive below ground and, and we're not sure what are all the mechanisms in place, but we're, we're exploring those as part of the project. So the focus has been on, on early vigour as the main driver of competitiveness yeah. and uh, we're working closely with the commercial breeding programs to try and identify what are the, the very best Australian commercial wheats going forward to bring into a, into a breeding program aimed at introducing high vigour and improved wheat competitiveness into Australian commercial wheats. It's going well, strong relationship with Australian commercial breeders, they see real value in the ability to deliver competitive wheats um, given given the problems we, we have with, with herbicide resistance but also the costs of managing weeds in, in the farming system. Yeah. So they've been really fantastic in engaging. We, we talk regularly across all the breeding programs and uh, they identify what are the most up-to-date, most elite commercial varieties, both long season, main and shorter season wheats which were part of our program. We make the crosses, we develop populations, we use uh, molecular markers and we use traditional breeding to uh, develop very large populations of wheats which are very much like our current wheat varieties but with a bit more competitiveness that can be selected for and brought back into the commercial breeding programs either for a direct release 
commercial release or maybe as parental material for the next round of crossing in the development of a brand new brand new scepter or a brand new kitty hawk for release to Australian growers but with a little more weak competitiveness. Yeah, it would be really exciting and I'm sure that people, because obviously mace is such a popular variety, but if something new and better came out on the market, it would be really fantastic for growers to pick up a new variety which has those traits. So this project, it has been going on for a number of years. Can you tell us when you expect a high vigor line might be released? Is it years away or is it decades away? What's the time frame? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's soon. I'm hoping we'll have some. So, so the first lines have actually gone out into nurseries this year. And I think uh, if we can identify some elite material the breeders are happy with, they then move through a stage of their own uh, in-house testing, uh, testing for grain quality, testing for disease, testing for those things which make our Australian wheat varieties so good and uh, basically the, the uh, centre stage of the global wheat and so we've got to get all the other bits and pieces right before we can release a commercial wheat that has the potential for selling overseas, but also has the yield um, and the agronomic performance we expect of our current wheats. So talking about four or five years, I'm hoping we'll have something not too long after then. So yeah, not, not too far off, as, as happens with a lot of the, the new genetics and the new traits that we bring into our breeding programs, there's often a little bit of discovery and a little bit of science that sits behind the eventual use of those new genetics so that they don't, they don't cause any havoc, unforeseen havoc in, in the breeding program. So yeah, it's working closely with the breeders to, to move this material along, but also identify if there are any issues or, or maybe some surprises associated with the new genetics, not just the the capacity for improved wheat competitiveness, but we may see other pleasant surprises associated with improved vigour or improved competitiveness coming through the program. And that is really exciting that it's really only a few years away, so people really can keep an eye out and expect it in the not too distant future. Uh, Was there anything else that you wanted to comment on or mention about this uh, discussion? I guess just want to highlight that there's been a real change in focus from the GRDC uh, and with the reading programs in moving some of this new science into the hands of growers. So the strategy in the past has been really focused on the science and then through osmosis, the science moves into the breeding programs and, and gets hopefully delivered, but hasn't been particularly successful. And so the system we have here in place, the model we have is much stronger focus on path to market. And it's really been driven by the needs of the growers. The growers are the ones who are telling us we need to do something more about our weeds. We need to do more about the growing problem of herbicide resistance, not just in annual ryegrass, but across a wide range of weeds. And we also need to protect our new chemistries and new actives much better. So GRDC and the breeding programs are really responding to the push from ARI and from the growers. And I think that's really important as an industry, just keep reminding us there are issues and we need to be supporting investment in overcoming these issues. So really I take my hat off to the growers and also to the breeders and to Ari for supporting this work and and, yeah I guess as an industry hopefully moving towards a solution. Definitely well thank you so much Greg for explaining the details and hopefully we'll see a new high vigor wheat on the market in the next few years. Fantastic thank you so much Jess.